Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak. I'm your host, Elena Fox Starks. Hey guys, happy Thanksgiving! If you're in the United States, and if you're not, I hope you're having a good day filled with thanks. And speaking of thanks, and that's what you get, <laughs> now that you're in the fifth dimension, I have mentioned that you are able to create your world with your thoughts that includes your well your words your out loud words what you say into the atmosphere it's uh, coming much more rapidly now our ability to manifest with our thoughts and our words and uh, sometimes with our deeds and or a combination of any two of those what did I say to you guys like two three days ago I said boy you know they just they show up to do the work on the road in the morning when people are trying to go to work they're loud they're obnoxious the jackhammers and whatnot and everyone's late for work it's a big pain in the butt and they should do it at night well guess what they're doing We got home from our Thanksgiving dinner and looked out the window because there was a bunch of fireworks. A lot of fireworks here. Love fireworks. (laughs) And the crew was setting up the orange pylons across the street. And it already worked on the road over there. Now I guess it needs more work or something. Set up the pylons and now they are going to town. I bet if I look out there right now, there'll be a oil barrel. And underneath the oil barrel will be tar. I mean, tar is in the oil barrel. Underneath that will be uh, just a burning sticks in the road, you know, <laughs> like a little campfire. And then above that is the uh, oil barrel filled with tar, and that's how they burn the tar here. It's extremely simple, but it's efficient. You know, they don't have a giant truck with burning tar in it, like in the United States. It's different, a little bit, at least for this project. But here they are working all night, I guess, in the road after I said the other day they should do this at night. Makes more sense because people are already home and they're not going to work. And most people here work during the day. So be careful what you ask for, babe. You just might get it. You just might get it now that you're more powerful. Your words have more power here in the fifth dimension. (laughs) So how was your Thanksgiving, guys? I know that if you were in San Bernardino County in California, I know if you were anywhere near the grapevine, 
Oh, forget about fires. That was yesterday's news. Today there's snow. Snow blocking the grapevine. I don't know if they reopened the roads, but this afternoon I read that. I went, oh my God. If it's not one thing, it's your mother. (laughs) Or the lack of seeing your mother for the fact that the road is closed and you can't get to your Thanksgiving holiday feast dinner disappointment thing. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Oh, God. My friend uh, sent me pictures from Rockefeller Center in New York where he goes every year. I told him, you know, I, I don't think I could go watch the people skating happy hand in hand watching them decorate getting ready for the tree lighting ceremony which I believe is, it's like tomorrow isn't it or Saturday maybe and I'm like looking at this just going you know that would make me so depressed if I was completely single because all the romantic movies about New York I've ever seen you know holiday movies they all have the obligatory Rockefeller Center scene. And it's oh so romantic, and that's where they fall in love, you know? They get a little snow on their nose. Ooh, they're cold. They get hot chocolate together. Arm in arm, they try to ice skate. They fall on their asses. They fall all over each other, and their faces meet, and oh, they're going to fall in love. Doesn't ever really happen in real life like that. I mean, if you're ice skating and you fall, the first thing you need to do is get out of the way of the skater behind you because their blade can slice off a finger or an ear. No lie. I mean, it's scary out there. I, I grew up in Minnesota, at least part of my childhood, and we had it so cold that we would strap on our ice skates and skate down the street to the skating rink. And before the boys came to play hockey, my brother and I would toss a puck around with the sticks, try to score on each other, you know, trying to get, you know, the the puck into the net. And then the big boys would come and say, we don't want to hurt you. Girls aren't allowed on the ice during our games. (laughs) All right, fine. I don't want to get hit in the face of the hockey puck, trust me. <laughs> oh, my God. it's It flies across the ice at up to 90 miles an hour in the professional games. So. But this time of year, you know, like in Minnesota, there's a lot of snow, a lot of ice. They water down that rink real nice, and overnight you've got some pretty pretty sweet skating rinks you know the girls skating rinks the girls skating rinks on the other side of the the ice clubhouse and we had um probably two to three feet of snow piled up on all four sides completely packed and then they put the water just in the middle of the snow and so if you're ice skating around and you fall on the edge of the rink you're just falling into a pile of snow which is actually pretty fun. But if you're in the boys' section, it was a nice, neat, fenced-off hockey rink. All outside, 100%, except for the clubhouse, which is like a little tiny shack with sometimes they had, you know, um, snacks, 
and sometimes uh, it was just a place to warm up. It just they had like a space heater. It was really actually pretty cold. <laughs> um, it was 40 below zero Fahrenheit, pretty freaking cold. Uh, water freezes at 32 degrees above zero if you're in the Celsius system, like everyone in the whole planet except my country. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's like, so it's like 70 degrees below where it needs to freeze. And so it was very cold there. But we have, my brother and I have some really strange memories, you know, just wearing these one-piece suits, basically, and skating ourselves down to the rink and just screwing around every Saturday. That's what we did. We'd stay inside most of Sunday because Saturday was enough. It gets pretty cold and the wind gets pretty whippy and it whips your face into a beet red state that stays that way for up to weeks, you know, actually. And I had permanent frostbite on my right hand between my thumb and my index finger. Like for years, it was just like a red mark. Every time the winter come around, there it comes right, right now. And I had, I had that, but this is the time of year. It's cold. Except in uh, the Carolinas, I heard today, or maybe it was Georgia, somewhere on the on the southeast coast of the U.S., it was a, a heat wave, record heat. Whereas in Colorado and California, record cold. I don't know. It's just everything is so crazy. It's like way different than it used to be when I was a kid. But hey, you know, it is what it is. I hope that you guys had a good Thanksgiving if you're from the United States. My son and I had a traditional Thanksgiving, and by that we mean we were stressed out about what to wear. We were stressed out about how to get there because we had an incomplete address. We got into a tiff for about five minutes in the taxi on the way over because you have to have an obligatory fight on the holiday of Thanksgiving, which nobody really likes. It's kind of a lame holiday. It's because... Some Protestants got rescued by natives or they would have died. And so it's just, it's like celebrating the hospitality of the natives who we later forced into. I shouldn't say we, because I am part Cherokee as well, but you know, they forced into reservations and create a whole another set of regulations and rules for them and laws. If you have a private property anywhere in the U S out in the countryside, you have a tar paper shack. And you go, well, I'm going to burn it in a controlled burn and then rebuild a new one. No one's going to say two words to you. But if you're on Native American land, 100 years in prison. Even if it's your part of the reservation, it's your land, it's your tar paper shack. It was a controlled burn and you're going to build a new one. If you get caught, 100 years in prison. Federal prison. The laws are, are 100% like my, my uh, oldest son and I were having a conversation about Leonard Peltier, who's running from prison where he's been for, I mean, close to like, what, 40, 50 years? I have to look it up. I mean, he's been in jail for prison, federal prison for a long, 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 long time. He was a leader of the American Indian movement, AIM, A-I-M. And what he did was he said, you know what? Screw it. We're tired of this. We're tired of being treated like second-class citizens in a country that is 
illegally and rightfully ours, they came over, came and took over our lands and threw us on these reservations and, and threatened to kill us and killed a bunch of us. Smallpox, blankets, and the like. And so, basically, he said he was tired of it. He wanted to take over. Um, he was on his own, own private land, but he wanted to start taking back the natural native lands. So, he went ahead and got a bunch of people that wanted to do the same thing. They were dedicated to this. They, and they said to the federal government, this is the land. We're taking it over. This is where we belong. This is where our ancestors lived. This is our sacred space. And if you come on our land, um, you know, we'll fire upon you. So please don't come on our land. So he just went down the store to grab a loaf of bread and, you know, maybe some tomatoes, you know, maybe bacon for BLT, something like that. I don't know what he's buying. Pack of cigarettes, beer, whatever. I don't know. He just ran down to the, um, you know, market. While he was gone, some FBI agents came on the land and, and the people were told, you know, to warn them several times, but then fire if they come too close. They tried to start trouble. So they were fired upon and two FBI agents died. Leonard Peltier comes home and finds two dead agents on his land and he's like, oh my God. And he's been in jail for 50 years and he didn't do it and he wasn't even there. But because he was the leader of the movement, that's the technicality they got him on. So they just wanted to make an example. You know, don't go up against, you know, the rich white penis club, basically. Oh, I should say straight white rich penis club, because that's really kind of what it is, isn't it? (laughs) The immoral majority. But... (laughs) But the thing is, see, now you can hear this. There's like motorcycles trying to get past the uh, guys doing the road. So we're going to have all kinds of fun noises in the background of this one. But this uh, point my son and I were talking about is if you took a gun and you shot someone and they died, 25 years in prison, 25 to life. But you could get out in 25 years if you have good behavior. If you're Native American and you're not even there and someone on your land kills somebody else on your land, you go to jail for 50 years. <laughs> um, how does it make sense? It doesn't make sense to me. But I'm glad to find out he is running as vice president. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying he's going to win or anything, but I, I'm like, that is, that's a bold move. I mean, if, I mean, heck, if you did win, the person who becomes president gets to pardon you. Finally, it's been taken to every president since he was put in prison. Even president Obama, who did consider it in the end said, no, forget it. He was responsible for the death of two FBI agents, but it's like, they knew what was going to happen. They were told what was going to happen. They went on the land. Anyway, they were warned several times, you know, I'm not saying it's the FBI agent's fault, but I mean, you're playing with fire, you're going to get fired upon, you know, it's just the way it is. And the whole situation's messed up, but, um, let's see, I'm trying to say, I'm trying to look, I'm trying to look and see what my, um, Gloria LaRiva, 
and Leonard Peltier are running on the platform of socialism for 2020. So this is what my son told me today. I'm like, wow, that's interesting information. I did not know that. It's interesting. It's interesting. I mean, if, if you know who gets impeached, <laughs> the giant peach gets impeached, we, you know, can be a little bit, I won't say lackadaisical about who we vote for, but I mean, you know, probably should vote for the Democrats, even if we're not, I'm a Green Party member, but it's just been too, the stakes have been just too high lately, and I don't want, like, to get into politics at all, and that's what you should avoid, of course, at dinner with Thanksgiving folks, you know, um, so yeah, back to our uh, Thanksgiving, uh, inform- our, our Thanksgiving uh, evening, we, there were four potential places we could have gone to for Thanksgiving, and one of them was not, it was expensive. It was like 25 or $30 to have a plate of food. Drinks were all extra. And then you were forced to give money to a charity on top of the dinner and then forced to give $5 to the um, people who are going to be performing live music. And so... I was like, you know, it's like $45 or something for like a normal Thanksgiving dinner and, 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 you know, plus music. And then of course some of it's going to charity and and it's a charity that we do plan to support anyway. I'm like, I don't know, you know, see what else is out there. Right. (laughs) Then there was the gourmet meal that was $45 ahead and you've got to meet them downtown and they take a bus out and you have to pre-order your cocktails. So it sounded like, and they had like a huge list of cocktails available. I'm like, my kid is 17, <laughs> and even though we would be very tempted to go out of town and get very drunk with a bunch of strangers, and it sounds like a, just loads of fun, I looked at their menu, and it was like, you know, this is too much off the beaten path, you know? It was just like, you know, um, some of the stuff was normal, like turkey, of course, but then, you know, like I told you guys before, it's like, pumpkin flavored cheesecake and it's like no yeah pumpkin pie is where it's at man uh, on thanksgiving you gotta have that right and they didn't even have sweet potatoes they had they were gonna and then i think part of their menu this is probably the clincher for me was uh green bean casserole and i was just like ack <laughs> i i had that a couple times at the church potlucks when I was growing up and I just, it was like my stepmom forced me eat your greens and she piles it on. You can't see the greens for all the gravy on top. And then she says, it's really good. Cause it has the jerky or whatever. I don't even if you know if that's the right word, but like some kind of, um, the shaken potatoes on top is crushed potato chips on top of green beans smothered in some kind of like a gray colored gravy within sometimes it has mushrooms in it. I'm like, Oh my God, that's like the most disgusting thing. You know, my, my Thanksgiving dinners that I made for my kids when we were all, when they were young and everyone was solid and stable and happy. 
I made them steamed broccoli and steamed green beans and yams, you know, like the orange sweet potatoes. And I, but I did for that, I put pineapple and I put marshmallows because you have to have marshmallows, you know, so it's kind of campfire-y smell. I love that, like that thing, right? Ironically, I made that in paradise <laughs> for them every year. Uh, not going there. <laughs> Sorry, hashtag too soon, even though it's been more than a year. That one's going to hurt forever, I'm sure of it. But, um, and cranberry, and I, I did my cranberry sauce from fresh cranberries. I got in the bag, I came home and spent a couple hours making the cranberry sauce. And sometimes I'd have mandarin oranges and pineapple in it too, and... It was pretty good. I mean, you know, we, we really had a good time. The kids helped me make it sometimes. And I tried to make it healthy, but then I'd put a ton of butter in the mashed potatoes because you just can't, you just have to. <laughs> butter and milk, you know, like crazy amounts of it. <coughs> but, you know, I, I remember doing that. But, you know, so, that, I don't know, but just a pumpkin cheese cake, cake and the... the gravy covered big, big uh, I couldn't do it yuck and plus all the cocktails do I really want to be around a bunch of old drunks do I really want to so I didn't and for, for, for $90 is it really worth it I don't know if I become rich in the next year maybe we'll do it next year but when my son is legally able to drink when he's 18 but still I don't want to encourage that so and then the third and then the third one was um this guy was going to do the same thing, like take a group of people by bus, by private tour bus out to his land and catch the sunset overlooking the valley in the Andes Mountains and menu and instructions and details to follow, which never followed. Late last night, I think, or maybe it was yesterday, he put a thing saying, he didn't even say it himself, and I wrote him several times, he never answered me, and then he said, it said, and Mike Wagner will be doing his thing at his restaurant. And I'm like, what? Actually, he didn't even put it. Someone said, here's a list of all the restaurants doing Thanksgiving. At the last minute, last night, I already had reservations for the place we ended up going to. And it was like a list of like seven different restaurants doing Thanksgiving at the last minute. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? So we had like 11 or 12 options, but... We were only told about four, three weeks ago and said, it's going to fill up fast. And in the place we went, they were seating people every 30 minutes from five o'clock to nine o'clock. And they were absolutely packed. Except, you know, we had reservations, so we had table. But it was kind of like so awkward because, okay, have you ever like gotten to a Thanksgiving dinner and you're kind of like, you know, I'm looking forward to the holidays. I don't always agree with, you know, Uncle Billy on this thing or Aunt Edna, but you know, we're family. We got to get along and everything's good. And this year it's going to be different. It's like Charlie Brown and Lucy and that damned football. It's okay, Charlie Brown. You can trust me. I'm not going to remove the football this year. You can kick it. It's going to go so high. It's going to go flying and it's going to be glorious. You can trust me, Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown takes off running and as he takes off running, 
He's getting more and more excited. He's determined she's not moving the football. She's going to do it. She's going to keep her word this time. And then, Bo, she moves the football at the last minute. He flies up in the air, comes down in a loud thud, and whomp. Hurts his back, and he's laying there going, why? Oh, why did I trust her again this time? That's how I feel about how Thanksgiving is. It's like one of those meals that if you make it at home with your, for just for your own family, your immediate family, like the two or three people, and you see these people every day and you love them every day and, and you know, thankful for them every day. And then you make this big meal and you work and work and work and work and work and work. And $100, $150 later, you got all the ingredients after going all over town, fighting the crowds, fighting the traffic, paying extra for the taxi because of the traffic or gas if you have a car. I mean, all that, you go through so much for one freaking meal. You spend two days preparing it. And then you're stuck eating the same food over and over and over and over again for the next two to three weeks, depending on how big a turkey you bought. And I don't mind it. I mean, I thought for a while I might actually make a cookbook about all the ways that you can make the leftover turkey. I mean, I was making Mexican food with it. You know, I mean, my my husband was making um, the mashed potatoes the next day. That that turns into potato pancakes. (laughs) You know, he's like, I think he had a Polish recipe. And later, my my youngest son learned how to make um, latkes from, you know, the... the, um, I think it's a Jewish tradition or, I mean, Israeli, maybe. I don't know. I don't know where that comes from, but it wasn't Polish. But so it's like we've had a lot of different, we try to pull you know, recipes from all over the world, you know, some of it turns into Indian food, you know, but, um, and the cranberry sauce that becomes our jelly for our morning toast with bacon and eggs in the morning. I mean, we, we really, uh, We really had it down, you know, we had the routine down, how we're going to, what we're going to do with the leftovers. And we were really looking forward to it and we would end up freezing most of it. And a couple months later, we would get back into it and go, oh, let's have turkey dinner again tonight. (laughs) But, um, but that, but that disappointment feeling that comes after the meal, it's like, you know, this kind of isn't. It's good, but it's only good because I think it's nostalgic. And you eat and you're like, this feels kind of gross, dude. Like all the gravy, like, oh my God. this It's like so much starch. It's like, why do we have to have two kinds of potatoes? And, and today we did not have corn. But that's always been tradition in my family to have the corn and the potatoes. And the other kind of potatoes. <laughs> and sometimes there's a sweet potato pie as well as a pumpkin pie. Sometimes it's mixed. You know, usually I make pumpkin pie, but my my girlfriend, Vera, when we went to her house for Thanksgiving, her sweet potato pie cannot be beaten. I mean, everyone in the world, just give it up. I mean, seriously, her pie's best. I ought to call her, actually, probably call her tomorrow or Saturday. But, um, I mean, her, oh, Lordy, her pie was so good. So rich. But, um... 
I don't know, there's something about the, you know, like I, I, I baked pumpkin pies for my Saudi Arabian friends. I told them exactly what's in it. I said, look, it's like a squash. It's a vegetable. And it's this, and they just, they kept the pumpkin pie. My friend Jihad kept the pumpkin pie on his counter for about a week. And when I wasn't looking, he threw it away. <laughs> I saw his trash. I'm like, what'd you do? He's like, I think it went bad. I'm like, well, did you try it? I, I brought you the whipped cream. I told you everything. He's like, no. Yeah, no, no. I, I wasn't going to eat that. Mm-mm-mm. You know, and it, it was like to see it from the out, from an outsider's eyes. It's like, you know, it is kind of gross looking, isn't it? It smells weird. It does look gross, right? <laughs> I mean, for me, I cannot get enough pumpkin pie. I love pumpkin. I love pumpkin pie so much. It's the best. And my pumpkin pie is really good. But but there's something about the meal. It's weird, right? And it's like when everything runs together on the plate, it gets so gross. And you're just like, ew. There's like a weird disappointment energy to it. And so anyway, so we get there. We get to the, the restaurant and we couldn't find it. It was like really ridiculous. We, we had to walk. Because it was like, you know, on a one-way street. It was already $4.50 for the taxi, which was also ridiculous. This is way on the other side of town. I thought it was right downtown, and it wasn't. I thought for sure I'd been to this place. I'm like, I'm getting weird feeling. I feel like I've never been to this part of town. And then it felt like I was in part of Lima for a minute. And I got that weird disoriented feeling. And then... As we're walking the home, like, I have never been to this place, and yet I have a memory of having been here. So, like, I'm somehow remembering the future, and the timeline is warbling. And I was feeling really strange about that. And I get up there, and it's on top of Fabiano's, which is one of my favorite restaurants. But Fabiano's that I know is downtown, so I'm like, wait a minute, how is this possible? So that was freaking me out a little bit. Like, I didn't know they had two locations, and they're so excellent. Really good Italian food. So I'm like, okay, that was weird. But we get up there, and it's a sports bar and grill restaurant, which I just, I thought it was a coffee house because it's called Common Grounds. Makes sense it would be a coffee house, right? Oh, Common Grounds. Oh, you play sports on grounds. Oh, and then the commonalities that you all like sports. Duh, I just got that now. Three weeks later. Okay, all right. Well, I didn't know it was a sports place until tonight. So... It was a pretty cool place, actually, and the owner is very sweet. But the thing was, we walked in, and we were completely invisible for, like, it might have only been two minutes, but it felt like freaking 20. And we were just, like, waving our limbs, and people are walking by us like we're ghosts. And we're like, hello, and no one could hear us. My son and me, both of us. And we were like invisible, like literally invisible. Like we're in the fifth dimension looking at these people in the third dimension who can't freaking see us. That's what it felt like. And we were like, this is really weird. Where do we stand? Where do we go? There was no place to be seated because it's a sports bar and grill. They don't have a please wait to be seated, sit on this bench type of thing. And we were like, this is really strange. What do we do? What do we do? And when we got there, there was these massive tables, like really long tables, um, shoved together communal style. And we were like, ah, oh, that's nice. We're going to be seated with us. We're going to be able to get to know other gringos. I, on the way in, my son kind of looked at me and looked, rolled his eyes. He goes, look at that. And there's a sign that says, 
every Tuesday, Gringo Bingo. <laughs> and the name of the place is all in English, so it's obviously a place for gringos, for expatriates run by an Ecuadorian man who spoke perfect English. So it's a cool place, cool place. But um, well, it was a gringo hangout we had never heard of. We'd heard of it, but we'd never been there. And so there's all these communal style tables. And then there was one tiny table away from everybody. And my son and I got seated at that table. And it felt like being a ignored when they finally saw us, they sat us at the tiny table. They gave us an option to get a bench and a table that would awkwardly be in the walking aisle between the exit and everyone else you know and it was these hot not these hot pink these weird pink benches like kind of mauve pink benches and then we would be sitting next to each other facing all the people that we're not sitting with and we thought well, now let's just take this table here <laughs> and so we it, it felt like we're at the kids table so it's we're ignored and then when we're finally you know, we, we weren't ignored we were invisible it wasn't like they purposely ignored us because they didn't see us at all. And then when we finally were like, hi, we asserted ourselves finally. She was like, oh, hi. Almost like a little bit of a startle. Like, where the hell did we come from? <laughs> um, I think we were in the fifth dimension, dropped down to the third. I, it was so insane. So then we get seated at the awkward, weird little table away from all the taller, bigger. We were like literally at the kid's table. I'm like, our night was so strange and so awkward, and it felt like all the strange and weird elements of Thanksgiving. Well, it didn't it, it didn't go away because we went to another continent. <laughs> we had all the elements. So there was sports playing in the background, football on massive TV. People were talking very, very loudly. They all seemed to be enjoying themselves a great deal. They all ignored us as well. We waved to people and smiled with them, and they didn't really say hi. And we just felt, like, really weird and isolated, like, uncomfortable. Like, maybe we should have just not done this. And my son said, you know, to be honest with you, I was having more fun binge-watching The Good Place and laughing our asses off and hanging out together was more of a genuine experience than being put in a room full of people that you might have stuff in common with, but you never know because you're seated at a table away from everybody else. And I mean, we're looking at groups of like, I mean, there was like a hundred people there and no one said hi to us. And we couldn't say hi to them because we're so far away, but we waved, we smiled. And finally at the end, when we're paying one man finally acknowledged we were there and, and smiled at us and we smiled back and that was kind of like cool the owner himself sweet as could be absolutely amazing sweet person made sure he said oh i hope that you enjoyed the meal la 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 you know very sweet and and at the and when we were leaving a woman and her two daughters came so we think she's a single mother and her young daughters they moved to ecuador and i, I think i've seen them before um somewhere I don't know where and, and I don't really know them I didn't talk to them before but we walked over and said hey happy Thanksgiving to them and they were really like relieved that somebody else spoke to them so we're like yeah okay it is stressful you know you're foreigners in a new land and no one's talking to you from your own country it's like 
Now, if you're in California, people talk to you, that's, they're weird. What the hell's wrong with them, right? But when you're strangers in a strange land, usually like there's other places in town where you can go and the people are so friendly. They hug you. Oh, hi, my name is Beverly. I'm just so happy to meet you. And they'll hug you maybe a little bit awkwardly too long, but it feels so good because it's like you're hugging a long lost aunt or something, you know, and, and hi, I'm Gary. And then this is my, this is my brother, uh, Steve, and uh, we're happy to meet you. You know, like people are so friendly. And then tonight it was not that way. And nobody was there that we recognized, you know, until the very end, we'd already paid, we're already leaving. And I run into this woman named Kimberly, who I met at the writer's conference. She's an author like me. So we were, we're writers, you know, so we're like, oh my God, it's so good to see you. So it was nice to at least find one friendly face out of like a hundred, 120 people or whatever that was there. Maybe it wasn't even that many. It just felt like that many. The place was huge. The place I thought it was would fit inside that place four times. I mean, the place I thought it was was very small. I'm like, oh, no wonder they need reservations. It's such a tiny place. But I remember Christian's a nice guy. He runs a place with his sister. I get there. It's like not even the same street, not in the same place. Am I in a different timeline? Am I just losing my damn mind? I, I swear to God, there was another place called Common Grounds downtown in a whole different street, a whole different setup. And the guy was um, shorter and a little thinner um, than the guy that we met. You know, it's like, I know it's not the same guy at all. It's not the same anything at all. But ironically, it still had the brick with the red brick walls and, and heavy wooden furniture, kind of the same vibe. It was so weird. It was very, very weird. The other place, the place I thought it was, was artistic and artsy and candles on the tables and low level lighting and no TVs. But our cognitive filtering started to break down about minute 20. <laughs> and we we're just like, I think it's the energy of the TVs. We're not used to having satellite dish TV in, you know, energy all around us coming at us from every direction, showing us different kinds of sports and advertisements for Target, which isn't even in Ecuador. It's like they're literally using satellite dishes to beam in the United States um, TV stations. <laughs> and they're talking about the Black Friday sale and all the consumerism, and we're like, oh my God. It got to a point where my son and I were like, well, no one's talking to us. They seated us away like at the kids' table. This is like super socially awkward and weird. We felt strange. My son's like, he couldn't eat his food. He's like, you know, I'm going to take this to go. Let's just, they gave him a beer. They gave me a glass of wine that came with the dinner. So we drank that and he's like, we finished our, you know, I finished my meal, but he took his to go. He's like, I can't even eat this. He's like, I'm just, I've never been in a place and felt, you know, filled with gringos that speak my language and felt so awkward and uncomfortable and invisible and so lonely. I'm like, that's exactly how I feel too. And I don't know why. I don't know what it is, but it was horrible. The energy of it. The food itself was good. The servers were really sweet. We left them a tip. I mean, the owner was amazing. I mean, the restaurant staff were impeccable. And the place itself was, it was a little awkward to have a Thanksgiving dinner, but that's okay. It would have been nicer to have all the TVs off or playing, you know, holiday music. They had promised that we we're gonna have a holiday music and I don't know, maybe played earlier, but they didn't play while well the whole hour and a half we were there. 
And then we kept thinking that was going to happen, and it didn't. It was very weird. Again, another gringo event that turned extremely awkward for us. And I don't know, I, is, it, is it just that my son and I are working on ourselves so much spiritually that we literally have zero in common with other people? Were they all in the third dimension? They, you know, they all seem very sweet. I, maybe they're in the fifth dimension too, but unaware of it. Obviously, I think we're all in the fifth dimension, but I, I feel like they were absolutely unaware of it. I think our vibe was higher or something. Is that repulsive <laughs> to sleeping people? I don't know. My my near twin Jude was writing me for the past two days going, you know, I'm just going to sleep for literally the next four days. I'm going to just take sleeping pills and sleep all day long, all night long, get through this stupid weekend. I hate this weekend. I'm like, just, you know what? Give your, give your uh, husband money to come home on a bus and go home. You'll have a much better time by yourself. They're mistreating him. They're making fun of his tattoo. It's just awkward. And, you know, other people I've talked to they have an awkward, yucky times. I'm sorry about that, guys. I think that there's going to be the awkwardness. And I kind of feel like now, you know, yesterday I was talking about being accepting and stuff. But now I'm thinking this year, if you were mistreated at Thanksgiving, if people were looking at you and seeing that you're a 51 year old adult or even a 30 year old adult and they're still seeing the seating you away from everyone else and putting you at the kids table it's time to never ever go back there again you know if they're making fun of something that is a part of your personality if they don't approve and they're loudly whispering in another room right next to you it's like super, super obvious if they're screaming at you and screaming and yelling. My, my family used to get in screaming matches. There's always one or two every single Thanksgiving because everyone has low blood sugar. Everyone's freaking out. You can't eat. You can't eat. And you, you grab, you reach for one Hawaiian roll. You're hoping they're not going to notice, you know, that there's going to be a, one Hawaiian roll missing with the butter. And you get your hands slapped and you haven't eaten all day. You know, and then your your favorite cousin comes home and hands you candy. And you're like, yeah, <laughs> it's something. You know, it makes your blood sugar worse, and then you're in a worse mood. And then you finally eat the turkey way too much, and then you get so tired you're in a turkey coma. <laughs> and now you can't get away, even though you want to, because you're too tired. And everyone falls asleep on the couch, and finally, there's no gossip. Finally. There's no fighting. Finally, the men have stopped drinking because they've got their hand down their pants because they're trying to get their waistband to stretch out. I mean, that was my experience. I don't know if you guys have the same one, but finally, the game is over. Finally, the Twilight Zone marathon is on. Or the Three Stooges. Or I Love Lucy. I don't care. All three of those are my favorites. Favorite part of the day is just, you know, I like turkey. Turkey's cool. The rest of it's kind of weird. It's really weird food. I like it because it's nostalgic, but I don't think I like it because it's good. It's not something that, you know, in May or June, I go, you know what we really need to do is fire up a turkey and do the Thanksgiving feast. (laughs) Not once have my kids ever said, you know what I really miss? I know it's February, but we need to do turkey again. No. (laughs) Like, seriously, it's like once a year is enough, and I don't know why. It's, it's like it's good, but it's not good 
I don't know. We had, we had good. I mean, he made, he found pumpkin. He made pumpkin pie. It was a really weird color. I don't know why. I think it's a different kind of squash that's almost like a pumpkin here. But it was good. It tasted, it tasted exactly the same. He had nutmeg and he had cinnamon. It was good. It wasn't like my pie, of course. You know, everyone's is a little bit different. But it was pretty damn close. And it was very good. I mean, when you... And, but the pieces were teeny, teeny, tiny. They gave us one teaspoon of cranberry sauce. So you get the equivalent of two cranberries. You know. It was a good meal, but it was just like... It was... I would have liked to have less gravy all over everything including the cranberry sauce <laughs> it's just you know like your your half blind old old auntie serving you and you let her because it might be the last time you ever see her so she pours a gravy over everything you're like oh my god I don't like gravy <sighs> thank you Aunt Edna or whatever you know it just it's just the way it is it's just you're just uh, it's kind of like that you know they're serving you so you're like alright fine alright fine Last year, I made my son cranberry sauce out of blackberries and cranberry juice mixed with um, honey and um, pineapple, and I mished it. And it, it, I did a good job. It tasted almost identical to cranberry sauce. It was very close. But I did it with moras, which is blackberries, fresh blackberries that grow everywhere here. And so we were... And we did that, we did, and we roasted a chicken, and I put the spices that you put on turkey on the chicken. And I'm like, okay, it's almost, and we put a lot of sage on it. I'm like, it's not turkey, but it tastes like a turkey, and I did a whole chicken. Normally, we just get pieces of chicken when we cook for ourselves, but... So I did, I did the best I could. I did, you know, the corn and the fresh broccoli and the green beans, you know, just steamed you know, healthy. And I did a good meal last year. And I think next year I'll probably do a meal for us at home. Or I might actually take us to more, one of the more fancy snobbier, drunkier ones, or we might not, we might do one for ourselves, but it was just awkward. The whole night was so awkward. We were just halfway through. We were just feeling so lonely and so sad. And we're just kind of looking at each other and I'm like, I'm glad we're together. But, you know, my son's like, you know, I wish I had someone here with me, you know, like a date or something or someone that I was maybe not, not in a date situation, but like someone that I was already in a relationship with, I already loved. It would have been nice to have more loved ones here. And I said, yeah, I wish I had someone like that too. I wish I had someone that was like family that I loved so much. I was in a relationship with, and it's like family already. You know, we just kind of, and then plus we missed my oldest son as well. Cause you know, it's just hard to be away from people that you really love for the holidays. And this is the first Thanksgiving without Amber, who every single year would send me messages and telling me and the kids that she loves us every single year. She never forgot not since the children were born, not since before, you know, since the day I met her, not one year went by without her telling me on New Year's, or on, well, Christmas, New Year's, and Thanksgiving, all the, all the big ones, you know, so it's hard to be away from, it's hard when people pass, and now you can't even hear how much they love you, and it's like, oh man, I really, really, you know, miss them, and my people, 
It's hard. It's hard to be away from my kid. It's not our first Thanksgiving away from each other. It's our second, but it's still hard. I mean, he's 19 years old. He left home when he's 18, and he's almost 20. It's like hard. I hope you guys can hear it now. They're now they're working on the road even louder. It's like, oh yeah, just on time, right on schedule. <laughs> Anyway, so if you had a disappointing Thanksgiving, it's just part of this holiday. It's a weird, weird holiday. Like, Christmas always has so many redeeming points to it. Even if you get disappointing gifts, even if there's a fight breaks out, or someone's not talking to someone, or someone didn't show up, or someone did show up late and drunk, you know. At least there's, like, the redeeming parts to Christmas, you know. Like, there's the cheerful music, there's the lights, there's the eggnog and the extra alcohol if you need it. You know, there's always the cousins out back with the weed, (laughs) at least in my experience. You know, but there's always something, even if you open presents and it's not something you like, it's cool because you got to open a present, you know what I mean? And the food is good, it's better than Thanksgiving. You know, there's cookies, there's always cookies at Christmas, oh my god, good cookies sugar cookies with frosting. I used to make sugar cookies with frosting for Santa. And of course, he's fat, so we have to make three dozen of them. (laughs) And we only leave him like four cookies and a glass of milk. And (laughs) and then the next, you know, week or so, or two or three, the kids and I would always have cookies, you know? And my husband, we would, that's how, that was our tradition. Last year, my my son and I did actually leave cookies for Santa. And, um, you know, actually, (laughs) I, uh, every year, you know, I always bite the cookie. I always drink some of the milk, you know? I woke up in the morning with my son, and there was more of the cookie gone and more of the milk gone than what I had done, what I had staged, right? That was very weird. <laughs> okay, but I'm not gonna tell you any more of my Christmas stories until Christmas because I've got some, I got some cool ones, some cool doozy of story, you know, miracle stories. Anyway, um, tonight we're gonna read the egg story. It's a little bit of a bummer in the beginning part, but it's a really trippy and weird story, and I've been wanting to read it for a while, and so it, we're gonna make this one probably a shorter episode than usual because. It's the holiday, and you're probably going to sleep anyway. You're all probably in a turkey coma. But for the rest of the people around the world who aren't celebrating Thanksgiving and eating weird and gross food and being ignored and or yelled at (laughs) and or seated at the kids' table, which is insane. (laughs) Seriously, it's one of the weirdest holidays we've got, actually. (laughs) Because we all have strange and weird and mixed memories of it. And I've got a couple good memories you know, going with my mom and grandma and the year that I decided to be a vegetarian and bringing them a tofurkey. Oh my God. <sighs> Seriously. I, uh, can I go to hell for that? Cause that was the worst thing to eat like ever. <laughs> it was so gross. At least I tried it one year. Never again. <laughs> Ooh, it was ew, nasty. But, all right. <laughs> if you ever had a tofurkey, you know what I mean. And if, if this is your first year having that, now you know. <laughs> uh, 
Did any of you have a turducken? <laughs> a duck stuffed inside a chicken stuffed inside a turkey and all baked together? I've never had that. I heard that one. So I was like, what the hell? Or the or the, the deep fried turkeys? Ugh. Ugh. There's already, you know. My son said, you know, the last big family gathering we had when grandpa came over, he almost died from your cooking. I'm like, yeah, I do put a lot of butter in it. And he had to have his gallbladder removed after my meal. <laughs> so much butter in the meal. And then we had to have the dip with the chips. And I'm like, yeah. And you know, the bigger, the biggest family gathering I had had before my kids were born was at my, my cousin's house. It was, it was the husband, wife, and their son, and his wife, and his daughter, and my grandma, my mom, and me. And we were watching my uncle, or I think he might have been, it was my uncle. I don't know what he was. Cousin, I guess. We were, he was already super overweight and uh, clearly unhealthy person anyway. And he was eating the chips and the dip and the, it's sour cream with, with, um, onion dip mixed in with a lot of sodium and then you and then you're eating of the potato chips and it's freaking good it's so good it's a tradition you know you sit there and you eat and you eat and you eat more and more and you have like massive bags of chips and you know you have like four or five chips bags of chips all together everyone together right four or five different kinds of chips we've got four or five kinds of dips we're like chips and dips chips and dips and then we eat well the next day he had like a heart attack went to the hospital two weeks later he died one year later to the very day that he died um, his son died who had been there that night and, and he was in great shape but he died um, and funny he had HIV we always thought he would die of AIDS and he died in a car accident very weird I, so I'm like yeah all the massive family gatherings always end up <laughs> always result in a death usually to do with the food though so two out of three times usually to do with the food it's 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 a dangerous meal it's a disappointing meal it's an insane meal why do we eat this weird gross food it's weird but we all eat it and we all love it because it reminds us of our past that we think we love until we get there and then we start remembering all the weird shit that happened before <laughs> i don't know but at the same time i'm thankful i'm thankful for everything i'm thankful for this experience tonight for having all the insights I'm having right now. And I'm thankful for everything. And I told you guys last night, I'm thankful for you guys. And I'm thankful, especially that I have 30,000 listens to my show since January. It's uh, low, I think, for me, but but I'm happy. It's like, hey, 30,000 listens. Now, I have a, a regular audience of around 100 people. You guys are my tribe. So, hey, thank you for coming back and listening again and again and telling other people it's growing slowly. I'm happy about that. So thank you. But <laughs> the 30,000 listens, I'm really grateful to that. And Jude Decoff got, um, his first voice comment was sent to him. He was like, wow. And it happened on Thanksgiving. So he's like, that's so cool. I'm like, he's like, I got my first fan mail, my first fan. And it was a, it was a voicemail voice message about Thanksgiving. So he's really happy because he's having a really crappy time. So he's like so happy. At least something positive happened. 
like, oh, I'm here with you, babe. I'm always going to be here. I'm like, you know, so you got me now and I love you and I'm here. No worries. So I'm like his lifeline. Do you hear it now? Do you hear it outside? Seriously. Now it's like freaking jackhammer. It's 1230 AM. No, really, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to open the window so you guys can hear this. Metaphysical Soul Speak is run on sponsors and listener support. This means listeners like you. If you are so inclined to support my efforts and my little podcast, please visit me at anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical and pledge an amount of your choosing today. Thank you. So you guys could hear what I'm dealing with. Do you hear this? It's not even a jackhammer. It's some kind of machine where they're going to paint all of these, um, I guess they're crosswalks in this dangerous intersection, finally. Oh, and here comes a car to run over the fresh paint. That's going to be a lovely mark. But uh, yeah, this is what I'm doing at 12.30 in the morning on Thanksgiving or the day after, the aftermath day, Black Friday. Oh, and here comes a whole long long line of cars going, what the hell? Remember when I said this? I did, I said this. I, I think they should work at night when there's less people going to and from work. And here they are. They're measuring everything out with strings. <clears throat> and they're doing a really good job, actually. It's kind of exciting for them to be out here at night nice crisp chilly weather and they all have hoodies on or hats one guy does I feel sad for him he has a freshly shaved head I bet he feels a little bit upset he didn't bring a hat <laughs> there you go <laughs> there it is so that's that's what I'm competing against now usually it's the occasional motorcycle or the beep beep <laughs> which always seems to be an affirmation or confirmation of what I'm saying which is always awesome <clears throat> You should love yourself more. Beep, beep, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> That's what it is. All right. I didn't put in the first half, but wasn't a whole lot going on as far as Schumann Residence News is concerned. We've got Disclosure News IT. They had a 930 in the morning uh, statement. They said, today's chart shows a condition of calm, a single light and isolated movement around 23 UTC yesterday brought the amplitude to power 12, 12 Hertz frequency, not much. (laughs) And then in the 1700 report, little to report, (laughs) except that the source image in the afternoon stopped at 13. All right, there you go. (laughs) So stopped at 13 UTC. So it went to a whopping 12 and there was a massive just big chunk that just couldn't be seen 
Heartmouth.org. Sorry, this data is temporarily unavailable. Please try again later. We are in a turkey comma. Okay, it doesn't say the turkey comma part. That's it. Not much. So, let's see here. Now, still in Mercury Retro Shade. <laughs> this is like ridiculous. Can you hear? It's like so freaking loud. And as far as A Course in Miracles, Org. We are now in review. So I'll read a little bit of this. Review five, the fifth review. So that's nice. We are now, we now review again. This time we're ready to give more effort and more time to what we undertake. We recognize we are preparing for another phase of understanding. We would take the step completely that we may go on again, more certain, more sincere, with faith upheld more surely. Our footsteps have not been unwavering. Our doubts have made us walk uncertainly and slowly on the road that this course sets forth. But now we hasten on for we approach a greater certainty, a firmer purpose and a surer goal. Steady our feet, our father, let our doubts be quiet and our holy minds be still and speak to us. We have no words to give to you. We would but listen to your word and make it ours. Lead our practicing as does a father lead a little child along a way he does not understand. Yet does he follow sure that he is safe because his father leads the way for him. So we do bring our practicing to you. If we stumble, you will raise us up. If we forget our way, we count upon your sure remembering. We wander off, but you will not forget to call us back. Quicken our footsteps now that we may walk more certainly and quickly unto you. And we accept the word you offer us to unify our practicing as we review the thoughts that you have given to us. This is the thought which should precede the thoughts that we review. Each one but clarify some aspect of this thought or helps it be more meaningful, more personal and true, and more descriptive of the holy self we share and now prepare to know again. And this is the main idea for this part of the review. God is but love, and therefore, so am I. All right, that's weird. That part just disappeared off the page. I didn't even touch my computer at all. Close my eyes for a minute, and I think I just hopped a timeline where they're still working on the road. <laughs> all right, scrolling back down to where that part was. <laughs> just, just, I, I'm telling you, it's like all of my electronics have been freaking out for the past uh, week or three my son opened the back of my phone he's like what the hell happened to your phone I'm like I don't know he's like you're there's no batteries in this whole town that match the battery of your phone this is weird I'm like yeah I know I'm gonna have to buy a new phone he's like yeah you're gonna have to buy a new phone mom <laughs> I'm like yeah this is yeah it's true absolutely true <laughs> it's been plugged in this whole time so I'm still on 100% 
otherwise I wouldn't have been able to do the, the show. I'm just from now on, I'm going to have to sit on my little tiny bench that I painted like a mushroom. <laughs> and I'm going to have to read the uh, stuff or do the show from a non-comfortable position. But I'm okay with that, just as long as it gets done, right? Anyway, here's the thought. God is but love, and therefore so am I. God is but love, and therefore, so am I. The self alone knows love. The self alone is perfectly consistent in its thoughts. It knows its creator, understands itself, is perfect in its knowledge and its love, and it never changes from its constant state of union with its father and itself. Do you guys think that Thanksgiving's possibly been cursed somehow since it's kind of cultural appropriation by taking all of the food from the people we forced onto reservations? I'm just thinking, I just, you know, spitballing here, thinking out loud a bit. It just seems like (laughs) almost every single Thanksgiving has been doomed, although some of them are super funny memories, even though a lot of the parts of it are kind of doomed. My son said to me, he's like, while we're eating, he's like, you know, I haven't had Thanksgiving in a bar since the last time we saw Aunt Sarah. And this was like before we left, literally six years ago, before we left the States to go live in other countries and travel around. And and I'm like, yeah, you know what? That is very strange, isn't it? (laughs) He's like, yeah. He's like, remember we were in the bar and they wanted to stop serving food and only alcohol and they made us eat really fast and kicked us out. So again, either treating us like crap or ignoring us, you know, and my, my friend, she was, it was, it was such a hilarious day. She kept going, I'm not hungry at all. I'm only going to have this. And, and in fact, you guys are going to have to help me eat mine because I'm not hungry at all. And then she proceeded to eat not only all of her own food, but then she kept start picking off our plates. And then she's like, it's so weird. I feel like I'm maybe hungrier than I thought. And then like a couple hours later, she's like, it's Thanksgiving. Let's go get Thanksgiving food. And we're like, we we're full. We had the bread bowls. It's a giant loaf of sourdough bread filled with like chicken soup or tomato soup. I think my son and I had tomato soup. And we, in San Francisco, the sourdough bread company, the most amazing place ever, right on the water. One of the most magical Thanksgivings we ever had. (laughs) And she goes, I have to have Thanksgiving food. I can't live if I don't eat turkey. We've got to have turkey. I'll share it with you. It's huge. These meals are huge at this place. We go to the place and they're like, we have one meal left and that's it. And we're like, that's fine, we'll share it. And they're like, well, we can't have kids in here. We're going to start serving alcohol. We're like, this is a restaurant. Just let us, we've eaten here before. Let us, you know, in, please, you know. And they were like, okay, fine. And so she shared like one bite with us and then ate voraciously the whole thing. After saying she's not hungry, it was hilarious. And we were just like laughing the whole time. And And I met this guy who was absolutely perfect for her. And I invited him to join us for part of the day because he was going to be in town for only a little bit of time, but he had like 10 or 12 things in common with her that were like major things. And plus he was like super sweet, really sweet person. And I've been talking to him for like two years or something online. So I was fairly certain he was a cool person. So he shows up and so she had to pull my kids aside to complain about who's this insane person that 
I'm trying to date. We have nothing in common. We don't even look like a good couple together. And what the hell am I thinking? And blah, 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 blah. And why is he wearing so much cologne? What's wrong with him? <laughs> and it was like hilarious because my kids knew it was a setup for her. And I was trying to get them together to talk. And she was like, oh, Lord, I don't like his cologne. And I agreed it was like too much. But still, it was like she was so rude to him. And then he made up a made up a line. He's like, okay, I gotta go. I'll talk to you later. And I never heard from him again. I think for a couple days we talked, and then and that was the end of it. He was just like, oh my god, it was like ridiculous. And she's like, why are you? Why'd you invite that guy? He's not even your type. It's not even anything. I'm like, because he's your type. And she's like, he's not my type. I'm like, you didn't even take a chance to get to know him. He's every single thing you talked to me about every single day was everything he talked to me about every single day. So it could be very well that she let her soulmate go. <laughs> but we were like laughing about it. my kids were like, oh my God, she's so impossible. Like she's like, I have to go to the beach. Let's go to the beach. Let's drive to the beach. We all drive to the beach in her car. And we park in the parking lot. We're there for like five minutes. She's like, eh, the beach is boring. <laughs> Let's go. It was just like every part of the night was like completely ridiculous and hilarious. We were laughing our butts off, but that was a really good memory for me too. And so we did have, we had had some wonderful memories. My kid and I shared tonight about, you know, Thanksgiving, but I don't know. Our uh, November is like the worst month ever. It really, really is. My, when my husband died, he died the Saturday before Thanksgiving. And so that was like the worst Thanksgiving ever. It was the first holiday after his death. So every year we think about that. And he was buried the day after. So today, by the time you guys get this, it's going to be Friday. And Friday is the day that I buried my husband nine years ago. Or, ten, well, ten years ago. Oh my, no, nine years, nine years ago now. But it was nine years and... It was like nine years ago. Yeah. About, almost to the day. The day that... And I didn't bury him. I didn't have anything to do with it. They buried him. They picked all the cardboard box. He was buried in a cardboard box with holes in it like he was a hamster that needed to breathe. It was so ridiculous. <clears throat> they put a plastic flag on his grave like from Walmart. If I had been charged, even though I was his ex-wife, I would have had him buried in an honorable discharge military cemetery in Sacramento and I would have had a 21 gun salute with a real flag issued by the military that's what I kept trying to tell them and they kept going so what screw off you're the ex-wife and so they buried him like a hamster <laughs> with the cheap ass three dollar flag and they said this goes to his heirs and in front of my children his mom said no it goes to me like my flag I bought it it's like dude I could buy my own flag it was a gesture of this goes to the kids because it's laid on his grave. So we have that memory to contend with today. Seriously, wake me up when November ends, right? My son went to bed early, just so upset. And I think these are the memories that are now flooding back for him as well. My oldest son said, I freaking hate this holiday. I hate the food. It's disgusting. And I'm uh, only focusing on politics and Leonard Peltier today. And I don't know. He's like, I, I, I just, I can't. Why? He's like, I hate this. It's like the crappiest month ever. October is super amazing because it's the, you know, the fall and the day of the dead and the Halloween and the costumes and the candy and the, oh my God, it's so fun and exciting. And 
little spooky and a little creepy and fun, thrilling. And Christmas is wonderful. It's light and bright and peaceful and snow everywhere and beautiful. And, and Thanksgiving is this really strange and awkward holiday wedged in between of these other awesome days. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's like a... We got through it, guys. We did it. We're here. We're still standing. Might be still standing here with a little bit more emotional wounds, but we got through it. My son says to me, can we just go and have Indian food next year and do something totally different? I'm like, yeah, you know what? (laughs) It might be time. Like, we could do Chinese. I'm like, no, wait, that's for Christmas. Chinese food is a Christmas deal. (laughs) If you don't feel like cooking, Chinese food is the best. (laughs) We we used to go to Chinatown for in in San Francisco for Christmas. And if you forget to pay cash, they get really mad at you and they will hold your kids hostage while you go to the ATM. (laughs) I mean, you know, in case you ever find yourself in that situation there's a little bit of a tip for you (laughs) all right guys i'm gonna i'm gonna read for you the egg story it's a story by andy weir it's not a true story it's just kind of how he thinks about life and death and what happens to us and it's an interesting thought so we're gonna we're gonna read this one my friend told me He's not too religious. He's not too spiritual. But he read this story once. He said, you know what? I think that that's what I believe in. I always like to hear what people believe in. What's going to happen when we die? You know, like I'm obsessed with death. If you guys ever look at my chart, you can be like, oh my God. How are you A, not dead already? And how are you B, not constantly talking about death? And I know I do talk about it a lot having been the original angel of death and also a death walker. I'm a world walker. I go between the worlds and I, even on this show, I've had people that I sent to the other side a couple different times. <laughs> so, but this is, it seems appropriate because this time of year where the leaves are falling off the trees, they appear as dead. A lot of plants are dying because of the ice cold temperatures in the snow, unless you're in Georgia where you're like burning up right now. Sorry about that guys. Like, seriously, it's like a time for mint juleps in the South right now. It's like super hot. It's sweltering. Time for lemonade, iced tea. It's crazy. Uh, I think I'd be drinking fuzzy navels all day long if I was like having to deal with somebody else's family for the holiday that, and they're like treating me like crap. I'd be like, I think it's time for me to be just like drunk for four days. This is a four day drunk. This is like a bender. <laughs> As in you keep bendering your elbow until it's swollen or something. I don't know. All right. This is um, The Egg. And it's by Andy Weir, spelled W-E-I-R. And this is what it is. It's very short and simple, but this is it. You were on the way home when you died. It was a car accident. Nothing Particularly remarkable, but fatal nonetheless. You left behind a wife and two children. It was a painless death, 
The EMTs tried their best to save you, but to no avail. Your body was so utterly shattered, uh, you were better off, trust me. Then that's when you met me. What? Wait, what? What happened? You asked. Where am I? You died, I said matter-of-factly. No point in mincing words. There was a truck, and it was skidding. Yup, I said. I, 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 I died? Yup, but don't feel bad about it. Everyone dies, I said. You looked around. There was nothing, nothingness. Just you and me. What is this place, you asked. Is this the afterlife? Eh, more or less, I said. Are you God? You asked. Yup, I replied. I'm God. My, my, my kids, my wife, you said. What about them? Will they be all right? That's what I like to see, I said. You just died and your main concern is for your family. Ah, yeah, that's good stuff right there. You looked at me with fascination. To you, I didn't look like God. I just looked like some man or possibly a woman. Some vague authority figure, maybe. More of a grammar school teacher than the Almighty. (laughs) Don't worry, I said. They'll be fine. Your kids will remember you as perfect in every way. They didn't have time to grow contempt for you. Your wife will cry on the outside, but will be secretly relieved. To be fair, your your marriage is falling apart. If it's any consolation, she'll feel very guilty for being relieved. Oh, you said. So, what happens now? Do I go to heaven or hell or something neither I said you'll be reincarnated ah you said so the Hindus were right Uh, all religions are right in their own way I said walk with me You followed along as we strode through the void. Where are we going? Nowhere in particular, I said. It's just nice to walk while we talk. So what's the point then, you asked? When I get reborn, I'll I'll just be a blank slate, right? 
a baby. So all my experiences and everything I did in this life won't matter? Not so, I said. You have within you all the knowledges and experiences of all your past lives. You just don't remember them right now. I stopped walking and I took you by the shoulders. Your soul is magnificent, beautiful, and gigantic. More than you could possibly imagine. A human mind can only contain a tiny fraction of what you are. It's like sticking your finger in a glass of water to see if it's hot or cold. You put a tiny part of yourself into the vessel, and when you bring it back out, you've gained all the experiences that it had. You've been in a human form for the last 48 years, so you haven't stretched out yet and felt the rest of your immense consciousness. If we hung out here for long enough, you'd start remembering everything. But there's no point to doing that between each life. Well, how, how many times have I been reincarnated then? Oh, lots, lots and lots. And into lots of different lives, I said. This time around, you'll be a Chinese peasant girl in 540 A.D. Wait, what? You stammered. You're, you're sending me back in time? Well, I guess technically, time as you know it only exists in your universe. Things are very different where I come from. Where you come from, you said. Oh, sure, <laughs> I explained. I come from somewhere somewhere else and there are others like me I know you'll want to know what it's like there but uh, honestly you you wouldn't understand oh you said a, a little let down but wait if I get reincarnated to other places in time I could have interacted with myself at some point sure happens all the time and both with both lives only aware of their own lifespan you don't even know what's happening so what's the point of it all Seriously? I asked. Seriously? You're asking me for the meaning of life? Isn't that a little you know, stereotypical? Like a little on the nose? Well, it's a reasonable question, 
You persisted. I looked you in the eye. The meaning of life, the reason I made this whole universe is for you to mature. You mean mankind, you want us to mature? No, just you. I made this whole universe for you. With each new life, you grow and mature and become a larger and greater intellect. Just me? What about everyone else? There is no one else, I said. In this universe, there's just you and me. You stared blankly at me. But all, all the people on Earth, all you, different incarnations of you. Wait, I'm everyone? Now you're getting it, I said with a congratulatory slap on the back. I'm every human being who ever lived or will ever live, yes. I'm Abraham Lincoln. Well, yeah, you're John Wilkes Booth too, I added. I'm Hitler, you said, appalled. And you're the millions he killed. I'm Jesus. And you're everyone who followed him. You fell silent. Every time you victimized someone, I said, you were victimizing yourself. Every act of kindness you've done, you've done to yourself. Every happy and sad moment ever experienced by any human was or will be experienced by you. You thought for a long time. Why? You asked me, why do all this? Because someday you will become like me because that's what you are. You're one of my kind. You're my child. Whoa, <laughs> whoa, you said incredulous. You mean I'm a god? No, no, <laughs> not yet. You're, you're a fetus. You're still growing. Once you've lived every human life throughout all time, you will have grown enough 
to be born. So, the whole universe, you said, it's just uh, 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 an egg, I answered. Now it's time for you to move on to your next life. And I sent you on your way. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't believe this is how it is. Okay, I just asked God and God said, no, it's not how it is. But what if it was? I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's trippy. It's a trippy story. The egg universe. But having said that, I don't believe that's how it really works. But I know that we can go back in time. We could go forward in time. We can relive the same life over and over and over and over again. And that's where we get possibly deja vu. We're remembering the future. I know I've lived this life and and come back and relived it. I know that I've died. I know my kids and I have died a couple times together. And we said, oh, screw that. We're coming back. Start over again. Come back to that point and like live through the experience versus die in that experience of where we did before. We might have all died in um, 2012, December 21st, 2012. We might have all died in a mass nuclear holocaust we don't know and we could have all died and decided well screw that we're coming back we come right back where we picked up where we left off or relived it from the beginning and decided this time not to die we went to a different timeline it's quite possible a lot of people are believing that this is what happened these are really deep and really trippy ideas I don't think we I don't think we live every single person's life. Cuz I know that God sent us all out and and um we're just sparks of the great divine. The way I look at it, it's like um a really hard uh like a almost like a wiffle ball. Say like a bouncy ball, but more like a wiffle ball. But with has instead big holes, it instead of the wiffle ball being small with big holes, the wiffle ball is really big and has small holes and there's a big light like a sun inside of it and it's shining out in every direction little teeny tiny pinpoints of light and every single one of those represents our souls and their unlimited amount of them and the light source at the center never stops giving the light source to the small pinpoints the light source in the center is God and the little pinpoints are us And one day we're going to all go back to the source. And when we go back to the source, we'll get to see everybody's experiences of being a pinpoint of light. And we will have knowledge of everybody inside us as if it was us. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I've had experiences recently in the past couple years where I could look at people and I see them. And then I see their lives and I hear their thoughts and I know they're 
feelings and I've gone so far as to stare at somebody for a full two minutes and I suddenly know what it feels like to be inside their body and I've almost projected in someone's body and I feel their experience from their perspective. I've heard people's heartbeats and I've felt their breath. I try not to do that too much. I don't want to freak anyone out. One time I did that and, and it's like I... It's like I just, I couldn't help it. My spirit just went, went into someone's body immediately. It was only for like a split second. And then I came back. I was like, what the hell am I doing? That's like so invasive, right? Whoa, that was a really trippy thing. And as soon as I slammed back into my body and I like, I startled a little bit. I was like, oh my God. I mean, I had, I had her cell phone in my hand and. It's like suddenly I'm a teenager and I'm in this skirt and this shirt and this, and I have this black hair cascading down my right side in a ponytail and I, it's like I was her. I felt her sorrow, her joy, how much she loved her mom, how she dreaded having homework, how she wished her best friend would get back to her without a boy she liked. You know, like I, I knew her experience in a heartbeat, at least in that moment. Not all of it. If I had stayed longer with her, I would have known a lot more. But I was like, that's so invasive. Like, I don't want to just automatically know everybody like that. But I've had these experiences where I can become anybody I want. Even if it's for a few seconds and I will understand and know them. Like it describes here in the egg story, dipping your finger into a water Now you have the experience of that water and where all the water came from. Mitakue Oyasen. We all are one. In Lakech, I am another yourself. One love, one heart, one mind. Let's get together and feel all right. You've heard all of these before, especially the Bob Marley one. We all are one. We are all 100% together. And yet we appear separate. And one day we'll be together again and we'll be like, woo, this is so interesting. I liked Andy Weir's... um, take on this even though I don't I don't 100% agree with this as being the absolute correct truth but it's trippy as hell isn't it (laughs) what came first the chicken or the egg well tonight it was a turkey and then the egg story (laughs) But I I wanted to share it with you. It's something I've been wanting to read for a while to you guys. It's really freaking weird. It's really trippy. It's just one of those really wild stories. It kind of sets you on a path of thinking for yourself and thinking, how is it really? I gave you guys my idea of how I think it is. You know, you live so many lives. You don't live billions and billions, but I feel like you do live... For billions and billions of years with a lot of downtime on the other side and you spend downtime on the other side of various planets where you came from and we all have a home planet might not be earth 
I feel very close to Earth. I feel like this is my planet, but maybe it's not. I don't really know. I know I've been all over the universe now. Now I've discovered it recently. Thank you, Jude Dikoff, for that. The uh, creator, founder, director, producer, editor of the Starseed Pers- Perspective uh, podcast. Um, a lot of you have checked it out, so I want to thank you for that. His story is trippy. He's he's a trippy person. He does one episode a week. You know, so it's not... It's not impossible to hear mine and his every week, so it's pretty cool. And I listen to his, too. <clears throat> I don't agree with everything that he says, but what's beautiful about it is that everybody has a different path. Everybody has a different way of looking at things, just like Andy Weir has a different uh, view of what God and the universe and our souls are, or our soul. <laughs> you know, we are um, we are really like we're all in this together. We all are one. I mean, you can't leave one person behind. Oh, forget you. I mean, it's just like saying... Well, you know, I'm going to go to Thailand for the vacation coming up. But you know what, Big Toe? You haven't been serving me. You have a fungus on your nail. Man, I'm going to leave you home. It's impossible to do that. I'll pick you up when I come back. You better not have a fungus on you when I come back. You can't do that. That's insane, right? So why do we want to leave anyone behind, even if they're quote-unquote bad? Not bad, they're just brain damaged or asleep. You know, and I'm not saying brain damaged in a joking way, because um, Daniel Amen's research has said that, you know, and I might go over, I might do a Daniel Amen episode, but he says, you know, anyone who's angry or depressed or children that grow up hurting small animals, those people are brain damaged and we can stop that from getting worse or leading into something horrible or landing them in prison. In fact, most of the people in prison have damaged brains. And again, it's not a slam against anyone. It's just a viable scientific fact. And so there aren't really any bad people. There's only people that are traumatized and brain damaged we can't leave them behind not any more than we can leave behind a toe we're not happy with sorry we're going to Thailand we're going to be wearing flip flops on the beach and we can't be having you embarrass us so we're going to leave you behind because of your fungus funky toenail hope no one sees my foot without a toe (laughs) <laughs> you know, we can't do it like that. We can't do it. It's impossible. So like we can't li- leave a fungus toe behind, we can't leave bad people behind either. So even though they, they're probably, for a time, they will be moved to a different planet. Most, a lot of people have already been moved, I think. Muscle testing says yes. And more will be moved again in December. Muscle testing says yes again. And... From our perspective, it might be kind of a sad tragedy or something, but it's okay because there's no one, not one hair on your head, not one molecule or atom or cell in your body is forgotten about. Nothing 
not one atom is lost in this universe ever. So we are going to be all okay. And we're all one and we're never going to not be all one, you know, it's just for now, it looks a little different, (laughs) you know, and picking up the pieces of our lives as it were, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) you know, like we're all pieces of God, but it's all good. It's all good. You know, we, you know, we're learning and growing and understanding and, and using this time as an exercise of understanding herself more. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed the egg story and I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. And if you did not have a good Thanksgiving, I hope that my emotional pain that I've been telling you about how awkward my Thanksgiving was can maybe bring you a little bit of mirth and you can laugh at it a little bit if you want. I know I did. I mean, my son and I kind of, my son got, he went to bed early. He was like depressed. He's like, this is just depressing. Like, yeah, I, I just, it's like, yeah, I know. I feel the same way. I mean, he's like, I wish I was coming home to someone. I'm like, well, why wouldn't they go to Thanksgiving with you? Oh yeah. The awkward Thanksgiving dinner. It's awkward. Next year's going to be different, you know, cause it's going to be Indian food <laughs> or it's going to be made in the house in one one way or the other because it's just ridiculous <laughs> uh, Thanksgiving we got through it we have another Christmas coming up ojalá they say in Spanish inshallah they say in Arabic as God wills it they say in English God willing and the creeks don't rise they say in parts of the U.S. We're going to be okay. We're going to get through Christmas. We're going to get through Hanukkah. We're going to get through Kwanzaa and Diwali. I think Diwali might have already happened, so forgive me if it's already happened and I'm saying that we're going to. We just did, maybe. We're going to get through our holidays. And we're going to lead, and then that's going to lead us right on into the new year where it's going to be absolutely incredible. Astrology is just ripe for us to have the lives of our dreams. I think we're going to do it. What do you guys think? All right, that's it. That's all I got to say about that. I love each and every one of you. I want to thank you for liking, subscribing, favoriting, and forwarding to all your groups on Facebook, Instagram, and what have you your mailing lists and what have you. Thank you for helping me get the word out about metaphysical soul speak, the podcast. I'm really grateful to each and every one of you. I love you guys, all of you in all the countries of the world, because we all are one after all. We're all part of the same energy. So there you have it. So that's it. Signing off with peace and joy and the high vibes of the holy fifth dimension. Until next time, guys. Peace.
Do you ever wish you could look into the next chapter in your book of life and see what's coming next? What does the universe have in store for you? I can help you with that. I will give you a Celtic cross reading, which is 10 cards, or you can ask me three questions and I use three cards per question. So that's nine cards or I can channel your higher guidance or maybe God directly for you. Maybe you want to talk to your dear departed Aunt Edna because maybe you have a few questions and she was the smartest person you knew. If your deceased relatives are available or your ascended masters, I can channel them for you personally. Let me have one hour to show you the future in your next chapter of your book of life. Readings are $75 and it takes me an hour to an hour and a half to complete. And for this price, you will also be hooked up to the healing grid around the planet for free, which means yours truly, me, I will be giving you Reiki 24 hours a day, seven days a week for the rest of your life. All you have to do is let me know. Metaphysicalsoulspeak at gmail.com and we will explore your future together.